Sapiophile. Noun. One who is attracted to intelligence. Join us, three fun-loving lovers of knowledge, who are ready to dig into your favorite topics with our very own nerdy diatribes, words of wisdom, and takes on life as millennials. Welcome to the Sapiophiles. All right, hello listeners and welcome back. It's Chelsea and this week it's just me. I'm flying solo. My co-hosts were unfortunately not available this week, but don't worry. I have a great show for you anyway. So I am currently sitting on the floor of my basement with stacks of books around me, a glass of red wine, and cats wandering in and out of the room. This is how I do Friday night. Aren't you jealous? I know. So much fun. What I was doing with these books is going through them to try to figure out what I want to take with me down the shore tomorrow. One of my favorite things about summer is beach reads. I love to read. Uh, Those of you who know me know this. If you listen to any of our previous podcasts or if you know me professionally, I am um, a reading specialist. That is my career. So I am very involved in knowing what books are available to readers of different levels um, and how to help struggling readers. So obviously I do read a lot myself. So I wanted to talk to you guys today about some of my absolute favorite beach reads. And I separated these into a few different categories. My first category is what I traditionally consider a beach read. And they're more fluffy. They're more the the chick lit. Not chick lit the gum. Chick lit like lit for the chicks. So, um, however, they are my favorites of the genre, so they're not just completely fluffy. A lot of them have strong storylines, so I'm going to talk to you about a few of those first. And then don't worry if chick lit is not your speed. I have a few other categories of books that I'm ready to talk to you about today, too, so don't worry. We're going to be all set for the beach this summer, guys. I'm super excited. All right, so for my fluffy beach reads, I just recently finished actually listening to on Audible, although I had read the book several years ago, finished listening to a book called What Alice Forgot by Leanne Moriarty. And it's such a quick read or listen, even though that's kind of an oxymoron because if you're listening to it, it's as many minutes as the recording is. But I found myself keeping it on in the background while I was doing other activities because I wanted to see what was next. So, um, what Alice forgot is a very interesting concept about a woman who hits her head and when she wakes up, the last thing she can remember is being 29, newly married and pregnant with her first child, only to realize that she is 39, getting divorced, that child is nine years old, and she has two more. So there are 10 years of her life missing, and it's about putting it back together and getting in touch with yourself at different points in time. It's very interesting because if you think about it, we're all different people at different points in time in our lives. And there are things that we carry through, but there are things that maybe our younger self would have handled differently and that could be good or bad. So it's an interesting concept. If you suddenly jumped 10 years into the future, what would you think of the decisions you had made? So that's my recent read that I would definitely recommend. And it is kind of a, a fluffy read. It also takes place in Australia. So that's Fun, it has, you know, some of those different kinds of words and they talk about their backward seasons. It's cool. 
So um, that's my first recommendation. Okay. My second recommendation of Fluffy Beach Reads. It's actually a two for a two for one. So Something Borrowed and Something Blue by Emily Giffen. Now, Something Borrowed was made into a movie. Um, I really like the movie. It's a movie that has um, Kate Hudson and uh, Jennifer Goodwin, John Krasinski, those actors. So I enjoyed the movie and I enjoyed the book. However, because only the first one was made into a movie, there are a lot of things that are left unsaid. So I would definitely recommend reading them one right after the other. Something Borrowed is, if you're not familiar with it, a situation where uh, two best friends are both in love with the same man and how that works out. Um, and Something Blue is basically the fallout from it and how they come back around. Uh, the first book is told from one woman's point of view and the second book is told from the other. So to understand the entire story, it's really important to read them as a set. So that's another fun read. Um, Emily Giffen also, if you're interested in her books, she brings back her characters from other books in little cameos. So another book by her, um, Heart of the Matter, brings back the two characters from Something Bard and Something Blue, Dex and Rachel. Um, they're not the main characters, but uh, she does have a conversation with the two of them. So you can kind of find those little Easter eggs in her books. All right, my next author that I want to talk about for The Beach Reads is one of my absolute favorites. So I'm going to first talk about my favorite book by her. So this author is Kristen Hanna, and she is really good at writing books that focus on the relationships and the friendships between women. My favorite book by Kristen Hanna is called Firefly Lane. Firefly Lane follows two women, Kate and Tully, Tallulah, but Tully, through their entire relationship from the time that they meet in eighth grade all the way through adulthood. Um, it follows ups and downs, and it's really about the strength of the two of them and how they work together even when things are difficult for them. Of course, they have falling outs, but it's a very interesting read, and it's one of those like heartwarming reads. There's also a sequel called Fly Away um, in which... Their daughters are featured. So that's another one I would recommend. Awesome. All right. So moving along. What else do I have in this pile? Let's see. Okay. I have a book called You Knew Me When. And to be honest, I picked up this book initially because it said it was set in Manchester, Vermont. And if you've listened to some of our previous podcasts, um, I love Manchester, Vermont. It's where I go for skiing. Great little town. So I picked up this book because of that, but it is like Firefly Lane in that it follows two women through their life, growing up together, uh, falling out, and coming back together. And, you know, of course there are things that get in the way, but um, Catherine or Kitty and Lainey are the two characters in this one, and they have an interesting journey too. I think that's kind of an unspoken theme. I didn't do this intentionally, but... A theme of a lot of my favorites of this genre are the ones that focus on the strong friendships and relationships between women. Because I think that's not as commonly addressed as the romantic relationships or even how men interact with one another. So that's kind of my favorite part of the chick lit genre. So um, that is You Knew Me When. And You Knew Me When is by... Emily Liebert. All right. 
moving along. Okay, this one is fun. This book is called Midnight in Austin Land, and it is a cross between Jane Austen and The Bachelor. Sounds crazy. Um, it's actually a really fun read. It is about a woman who kind of needs an escape from her crazy life and gets invited to do this kind of Jane Austen retreat. And during that time, it seems like a lot of women are fighting over one man who's there. It turns out to kind of all be something that is put on for a show. But if you like classics and you also kind of like your guilty pleasure TV shows, it's a lot of fun. Um, Charlotte Kinder is the name of the character. And the author is Shannon Hale. Okay, what do I have next? All right, this one is uh, pretty well known, but Eat, Pray, Love, and also the sequel Committed by Elizabeth Gilbert. Those are another fun set of books about a woman's journey to find herself and traveling through different lands. So that is another fun story. I also have a book called Serendipity here by Louise Schaefer. And this is about a woman who tries to find the history of her family and ends up finding out about her grandmother, who was a glamorous Broadway star many years ago. So if you are into Broadway, if you're into theater, musicals, it has a lot about that golden age of Broadway. So that's why it's one of my favorites, because I am a theater nerd. So... Serendipity by Louise Schaefer. It's not like the movie Serendipity. That's a different plot line. So it's not the one with Kate Beckinsale. Totally different. So Serendipity, a novel by Louise Schaefer. Then I have, this one is like the movie, Under the Tuscan Sun by Frances Mays. Now this is actually a true story. So this is her actual life story. It's about a woman named Frances who, after she goes through a difficult time in her life, travels through Italy and finds herself under the Tuscan sun. That's why it's called that. So without giving too much away, it's a great book. Also, if you've ever traveled to Italy or have ever wanted to go, it has great, beautiful descriptions of the landscapes. So Under the Tuscan Sun by Frances Mays is my next light recommendation. All right, we're almost done with the chiclet ones, guys. We have a couple more, and then I'm going to move on to... Books for those of you who maybe that's not your speed. So so just bear with me here, okay? All right. <laughs> My next one is called Garden Spells by Sarah Addison Allen. And this is about a family who has this kind of magical garden and how that kind of helps them come into their own. So very fun, kind of magical, fantastical read. Sarah Addison Allen, Garden Spells. All right, I also have a book called Juliet by Anne Fortier. And Juliet is another woman trying to find her past, her history. I guess I have certain themes that I really like in books. Now that I'm talking about them all back to back, I see this. So it's a woman who's trying to find her past, trying to find her history. And her search leads her to Italy. And as she digs, she realizes that... Romeo and Juliet was based on a true story, and it is her family. She's a Capulet. So it is a very interesting historical journey, and it also pulls in elements of Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. So that is Juliet by Anne Fortier. Nice read. Okay, 
two more. I have a book called Sing You Home by Jodi Picoult. And this book is about a woman named Zoe who, in the aftermath of some personal tragedies, um, a divorce, some issues in her life, she uses her music as and her work as a music therapist to kind of come out of her shell. So it has a lot of music, which I love. Um, it also does come with a playlist. So there are songs that, co- that go with it. Um, it also has an interesting love story um, where she's kind of exploring her sexuality in a way that she didn't know before. And it is basically about, the, well, the back of the book says about the boundaries of identity, love, marriage, and parenthood. Very interesting read. My last one of the light and fluffy chiclet is called Unforgivable Love, which, you know what, I don't know that this is actually as light and fluffy as the rest because it is a retelling of Dangerous Liaisons. So this is a book by Sophronia Scott, and it basically is Dangerous Liaisons, but it is a retelling where um, they're in Westchester County in of Harlem. So... Very different setting, same plot line. Those are my picks for beach reads. The other, the only other person I wanted to mention was uh, the author Ellen Hildebrand. All of her books are literal beach reads. They all take place on Nantucket, and they're all kind of fun summer stories. Um, one called Barefoot is again about three women who have a strong bond together. So Ellen Hildebrand. Also a chick lit beach read person. All right. So some of you sitting there are probably like, okay, but I'm totally not a girly girl. Or maybe I'm not a girl at all. Maybe you're a guy listening to our podcast. Although I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't knock the entire genre if you're a guy. But if it's not your speed, I have some other picks for you. So don't worry. All right. If fluffy beach reads are not your speed, here are some non-fluffy picks. So, uh, the first thing I want to discuss is author called Mitch Album. He's one of my favorite authors. And he writes in kind of a spiritual realm. All of his books kind of have some connection to you, spirituality, religion, afterlife. Not in a preachy way at all. It's not even necessarily in a specific way. But um, he's a very spiritual writer. Um, some of his favorite, some of my favorite of his books are called The Timekeeper, in which you actually meet Father Time and how time affects us all differently. Very interesting psychological read. And The Five People You Meet in Heaven, which is basically a kind of look at like when you look back on your life, what are you going to remember? So Mitch Album has some great books. There are more by him as well, but Mitch Album. Okay, then I have... A book here called The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. Now, I think I mentioned this a few podcasts ago, but very interesting read by Mark Haddon. And the entire thing is told through the eyes of an autistic boy. Very interesting, very unique way of looking at the world. I would highly recommend it. Um, The cover has an upside down dog on it. So... Spoiler alert, it's really not about a dog at all. It's just how this boy sees the world. Okay, Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. Next pick, Silver Linings Playbook. This was made into a movie, and the movie was also great. The book, however, 
does have a lot more detail and is different in several ways from the movie. And it's basically about finding yourself and being able to come into your own and find love and find acceptance through mental illness. Very interesting. And I would highly recommend the book. I also have, I guess I have a lot of things that were made into movies now that I see it. But I'm pretty sure I read most of these before they were made into movies. So maybe I just have good taste. (laughs) Okay, my next one is called The Perks of Being a Wallflower by Stephen Shabatsky. This was made into a movie with Emma Watson, where she almost nails an American accent. Almost. But we love her anyway. Emma Watson's awesome. So, Perks of Being a Wallflower, while the subject of the book is a teenager, I did not put this in my young adult section, which is coming up in a little bit, because the content is very adult. It's basically about being forced to grow up before you're ready. Very interesting, and the entire thing is written like a diary uh, set in the early 90s and about the harsh realities of coming of age. Great book. Definitely recommend it. All right, the next book I have here is called The Invention of Wings by Sue Monk Kidd. And The Invention of Wings is a book about people during the slave time during right before the civil war and about a girl who kind of inherits a slave for her birthday but how they're really the same age and they're two different sides of a coin and how they become close friends so it's a white girl and a black girl and one of them is a master and one of them is a slave but it's like really are we different very very interesting read secret life of bees i would definitely recommend the secret life of bees Okay, next book is called The King's Speech. Beautiful story based on a true story by Mark Logue and Peter Conradi. And this is about how a man who could not speak at all because of speech impediments overcame and was able to become one of the best speakers in the country. So beautiful read. Highly recommend that one. Okay. Next, I have a book called Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil by John Berendt. And this book is basically about society ladies who compare notes on their husband's suicides. That's the first line of the back of the book. A little darker. Um, And it is from Nazi time and takes place in Savannah, Georgia. So check that out. All right, I also have... War Horse here. Again, turned into a movie by Michael Morpurjo. And this is set in 1914, and it follows the journey of a horse through World War I. A lot of people don't think about the animals who were sold, but this horse was actually a soldier, went through the entire war, and there were many, many animals who had the same kind of experience. So, really interesting read. Finally, in this section, I have a book called The Last Lecture by Randy Posh, and it's near and dear to my heart because it is about the love of teaching and the impact that you can make as a teacher. So, great read. Um, It's about a computer science professor at Carnegie Mellon, and when he gave his last lecture, he 
was actually diagnosed with terminal cancer. So the impact of what you say and how it can affect students is very strong. So those are some of my recommendations for the less fluffy reads. I could certainly go on, and well, I will because I have a few more categories of books here. But if you're looking for narrative fiction, or some of these are actually based on true stories, very strong characters, very strong um, themes, I would definitely recommend these books. Okay, now I'm going to move on to nonfiction. I have several types of nonfiction here. Uh, the first type is the self-improvement books, and now there's tons of these. But a few of my favorites are The Charisma Myth by Olivia Fox Cabane. Actually, let me just start with that one, and um, I'll go on to the other ones. So The Charisma Myth is basically about what is charisma, and if we could just teach charisma, how much of a difference that would make on your life. And it does give you a lot of insight onto how to appear more confident, how to fake it till you make, till you make it, and how to use these subtle little hints to stand out and be taken more seriously. Very interesting. I love the psychological stuff. Charisma myth, if you feel like reading nonfiction this summer. Um, similarly, there is another book called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. And this book is basically about getting out of that bad feedback loop about, oh, well, I feel so bad. Now I feel bad about feeling bad. Um, how to get out of the repetitive nature of feeling like everything is so intense and having so much anxiety and so much stress and systematically choosing what do you care about? Because things are always going to be difficult in life, but what do you care enough about to focus on? And it's about like cutting out basically all the bullshit in your life. Really quick read, very insightful. The last of this type is called You Are a Badass, and that is by Jen Sincero. And that is another building your own confidence, fake it till you make it kind of book. So of those three, that's one little subgenre of the, of the genre of nonfiction. Those are some books that I really enjoy. Um, other psychological books that are not necessarily self-help books, but psychological books. Can you tell I'm into psych? Um, some psychological books that I enjoy are basically anything by Malcolm Gladwell or Daniel Kahneman. So if you're not familiar with either of those writers, they write about the psychology of different events in the world. So some of my favorites are Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman, Blink by Malcolm Gladwell, um, The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell. A lot of different, very, very interesting reads. I mean, I would recommend going through the entire series. Um, additionally, outside of those two, there is a book called A Whole New Mind by Daniel H. Pink. And it is about learning to embrace the right-brained qualities in yourself. Traditional schooling and the way we've grown up likes to put a lot of focus on the left-brained stuff, um, the writing, the math, things of that nature. But the, the right-brained activities, the, the art, the music, the emotion, 
why is all of that important and how are those people going to have an edge in the future? So very interesting read called A Whole New Mind by Daniel H. Pink. Um, also, there's a book called This Is Your Brain on, Mu on Music, which is actually a scientific study of what music does to your brain. Hi, Darcy. I have a cat trying to crawl on the computer now. So um, it is a scientific study of what music does to your brain and why we are programmed to react certain ways to different music. Um, if you haven't listened to our previous podcasts, episode five, I believe, discuss this topic in depth. So I would go back and listen to that if this is something that you're interested in. All right. Another subcategory of nonfiction. There are these little memoirs, not so much life story memoirs, but memoirs that are basically celebrities' thoughts on life. There are a few of them that I particularly like. I really enjoyed Talking As Fast As I Can by Lauren Graham. Lauren Graham is one of my favorites. I love Gilmore Girls. been watching it for even though it's off the air. So that is something that I really enjoy. And in Talking As Fast As I Can, she sounds exactly how you would expect her to. It's very quick and very wordy. A lot of loquacious diatribes, if you will, and about different events in her life and what it was like to go through these different stages as an actress at these times in her life. Very interesting. Um, another similar book like that is called Is Everyone Hanging Out Without Me and Other Concerns by Mindy Kaling. Very funny, very quick-witted, great, light, but nonfiction read. Awesome. Two serious memoirs now that I'm going to add. One is called Picking Cotton by Jennifer Thompson Canino and Ronald Cotton. And this is a story about two people who ended up being friends after probably one of the worst things you could do to somebody. Jennifer Thompson mistakenly was an eyewitness, believed that he was the one who committed a terrible crime. And doing so put him in prison for a substantial chunk of his life. It is about when they were able to find out that it wasn't him, how they came together and how they worked on their story of forgiveness. So very serious, but kind of heartwarming. Really nice read. Um, another one, serious one, is called Warriors Don't Cry by Melba Patillo Beals. And... It's about the segregation of schools. So it is from the point of view of a young girl in the schools. It is written in her voice and just very real and raw. So if you're into more serious, that's what I'd recommend. All right. If you're still with me, I've given you a lot of suggestions. What I'm going to do now is break down, well, what do I do if I'm younger, if I'm a teenager, or if I have kids and I want books for them? One of the things that I enjoy doing is coming up with great reads to help struggling readers become more engaged. That's part of my career. So my, well, almost final list, because there's a little end list at the end, but my, my next to last, my penultimate list, is my young adult recommendations. And most of these, I chose some series. So, 
My first series I've chosen is the Percy Jackson series. It's a classic. I have not met a kid who read it that wasn't excited and ready to turn pages constantly. Percy Jackson, just great series. Also, Rick Riordan, who is the author of that, has several other series. So if you get through all the Percy Jackson books, there's more. So don't worry. All right, another series is called Uglies by Scott Westerfield. Great series. Um, And it's about what is the meaning of beauty. So it's a very socially conscious book series for young teenagers. So why do we put so much weight on physical appearance? All right, I would also suggest The Land of Stories by Chris Colfer. Very fun. There is a series called Wicked Lovely by Melissa Marr, which is about fairy folklore. So about a world in which fairies are real and a girl who gets kind of caught in the fairy reality. Very, very interesting. Similar concept is is the series called Fallen by Lauren Kate. But instead of fairies, this is about angels. So in this reality, angels are real. They are walking among us on earth and they are able to interact with us. So it's about a girl who gets involved with one of these angels. Very, very interesting series. A little dark, but very interesting for teenagers. All right. Some others are Divergent by Veronica Roth, um, The Princess Diaries, Matched. All of these series are very interesting for kids. Um, also some classics, obviously classics like like Harry Potter, like Narnia, great reads for kids. Some standalones that I particularly recommend. Holes, everybody's got to read Holes. Love Holes. It's just a great read for kids and it's quick. Um, my favorite when I was in middle school was Walk Two Moons, which is about a girl who is crossing the country with her aunt, I believe. It's been a while since I read it. I know it was my favorite. Um, And it's about her finding out about her heritage and her history. Uh, It also won the 1995 Newbery by Sharon Creech, Walk Two Moons. So lots and lots of choices here. Let me see what else I have. Oh, a quick, light, um, young adult read. It's called Love and Gelato by Jenna Evans Welsh and it's another girl who's traveling who finds out about her history in Italy. I really do like themes. I didn't realize I liked these themes quite as much as I did, but all good. There's lots of good choices. One of my absolute favorites, and I know we have mentioned this book before, is the book written by my lovely co-host, though she is not here tonight. Her words are with us. Someone else's shoes. That is another very quick young adult novel. Features strong male and female protagonists. Features some fantastical elements. And a lot of important themes about understanding one another and not jumping to conclusions. So, obviously, we love Kayla. And we love her book. But really, it's not just me as her best friend saying this. 
I taught seventh grade resource room students. So students who had difficulties reading and I had several of them plow through this book. So in just a minute, you might get a little sneak peek. Stay tuned. (laughs) All right. Um, If obviously you are at the beach with younger kids or teenagers who don't read as well, there are plenty of great books at younger reading levels. And if you need specific recommendations, please reach out through this podcast. You know, one of my parts of my career is finding appropriate books for different reading levels and all different students. So I'd be happy to recommend books at different reading levels. Um, That said, some favorites of some of my struggling reading students are Pete the Cat. Everybody loves Pete the Cat. It's super simple um, and just such a fun character. Biscuit, same thing. He's a little puppy. The whole series of Biscuit books, and that's probably one of the one of the lowest levels, written at kind of a, a first grade level, Biscuit. And I have students all the way up through sixth grade, struggling readers who are excited to read the Biscuit books. Um, Mercy Watson, Horrible Harry, Magic Treehouse, Diary of a Wimpy Kid. These are all series that are for younger kids. They're not YA yet. They're a kid. So there are many, many choices for any kind of reader, any kind of interest. So I'm so excited for everybody to have some great beach reads this summer. Last little thing before we have our sneak peek. (laughs) I have recommendations from some friends. So I posted a question on Facebook earlier today. They didn't know what they were responding to. They didn't know I was going to say their answers on here, but I had my friends recommend their favorite beach reads. So we'll see the differences in different um, different tastes, different genres. So I'm not going to say their names, but some recommendations that I got from my friends. Um, I had one who recommended Rebecca, old classic, The Red Tent, really interesting story about um, women who basically all had to stay in the same room for a week out of the month and what they were able to accomplish there. Very cool. Secret Life of Bees and Angelology, which sounds very similar to the Fallen series, but for adults, and it's kind of a mystery thriller. Very interesting. Uh, The next person who responded to me said, literally any books by these authors. So take note of these authors, listeners. Karma Brown, Colleen Hoover, Renee Carlino, Taylor Jenkins Reid, just to name a few. Next friend recommended James Patterson. He has a lot of great reads. Bobby Bones and Harry Potter, obviously. (laughs) Next person recommended A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, my all-time favorite book. I read it every year. Next person said, I really like creepy books, so anything by Gillian Flynn. Just finished The Perfect Mother and I'm starting The Death of Mrs. Westaway. In a Dark, Dark Wood was really good too. And the final person who answered my thread today on Facebook said, House of Leaves, best I've read. So those are recommendations from some of my friends. So you've listened to me yammer on and on and on about some of my favorite books and some of my friends' favorite books today. If you have different favorite books 
you have ones that you would like to share and recommend, I would love to hear about them. We all would. I know my my two co-hosts are also avid readers. So please share your favorite books. Um, let us know what you think of some of these books. And just continue to listen, continue to write to us. We're excited to hear from you. So now that you've listened to me yammer, I think you probably want to hear a book, right? You're going to get a free preview of Kayla's book, Someone Else's Shoes. All right. So I'm going to read to you the prologue. Vera raced through the darkened corridors of the school, constantly looking over her shoulder, hoping to lose the person rapidly pursuing her. She could still hear him behind her, his heavy breathing and his angry screams. In desperation, Vera called out to Atticus, hoping he would come to help her, even though she knew he was too far away to hear her. Why did she say she didn't need him? She needed Atticus. He was everything to her. How could she just push him away? Seeing no other way out, Vera ran for the art room. She couldn't outrun him forever, but maybe she could hide long enough to plan an escape and go to the police. Vera spotted the tall art cabinet in the corner of the room. It wasn't the best hiding place, but it was all she could think of with the time she had. As soon as she settled herself into the cabinet, she could hear heavy footsteps approach the door. Vera held her breath and cupped her hands over her mouth, fingernails digging into her cheeks. The footsteps were in the room now, and they were coming towards her hiding place. Vera began to cry silently. If he found her, he would surely kill her. She knew too much. And then she would never be able to see her family and friends again. She would never get the chance to tell Atticus how much he meant to her. Suddenly, the breathing became louder and the footsteps stopped right in front of the cabinet. Vera braced herself as the cabinet doors were forced open. She sat there speechless as the shadow in front of her said, Vera Walker, did you really think I wouldn't find you? All right, and that's the prologue. So if you want to know what happened to Vera, you can get someone else's shoes. It is available on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. And please, if you read it, let us know what you think because I know that Kayla loves feedback and we all love to hear what you think of these books. All right, thank you so much for joining me today and listening to Just Me Ramble On. I hope that you are all set for your beach vacations and you have your books on your Kindle or you have the physical books packed. I like physical books, but however you like to read is awesome. Keep reading, happy reading, and happy summer. Thank you for joining me again this week for our Beach Reads episode. Hope you have a great time reading some of these books. As always, you can reach us on email at sapiofilespodcast at gmail.com, on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at The Files, on our YouTube page, The Files Podcast, or anywhere that you listen to this podcast. Have a great week. Let me know what you're reading. Stay curious.